sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. It's Fantasy Sports Today with you here on SportsGrid. A big announcement for us here on the show right at the top. For those of you who watch our show on YouTube or you watch over at SportsGrid.com or any of our streaming platforms, you're now going to be able to hear us as well. January the 7th, SportsGrid is heading over to its own channel on SiriusXM. That is SiriusXM204. And so we will be broadcasting live on television, live on on on, uh, on satellite radio. And Joe, I got to tell you, as somebody uh, who has worked for SiriusXM for almost a decade before I came over here to SportsGrid, and I know that you did as well. We worked together over at SiriusXM as well. We Things always seem to come full circle around here. But congratulations to the great people here at SportsGrid: Lou Mayone, Mike Cardano, Greg Sussman, of course. Our great leadership team here. Congratulations to SiriusXM for that partnership. People will be able to hear us on satellite radio, of course, on their apps, and also in the car as well. So that's where mm-hmm. we'll start today. What's going on, Joe? What's better than driving with the top down and blasting a little FST with Craig and Joe? I can't think of a better thing. That doesn't say midlife crisis. I don't know what says it, but no, but all in seriousness, this is a uh, very exciting deal here. And yes, everything old is new again. Joe PZP and Craig Mish together on Sirius XM. What year is it? 2013? I have no idea what's going on. Somehow. Billy Hamilton's going to be a great pick, Joe. It's going to be a great pick, Billy Hamilton. <laughs> Maybe you could deal. tell me more about Taiwan Walker and Kendall Graveman. We could go back in time, Ooh. you and I, and argue about Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard, who's still playing in the league. Oh, right. uh, yeah. Some right. things are still going on. But I mean, it's kind of crazy. I don't know what bet you lost or what deal you signed that somehow. You constantly get stuck with me on all these platforms, but here we are. You're, you're back here again, and now even more platforms you get to be stuck with me. But look, uh, this is very exciting news. This is huge news for our network, too, and uh, being able to bring you some of the best in, uh, obviously, content for not just fantasy sports, but also wagering as well. It's very exciting. It's another great big partnership here, and Sports Grid is, you know, 2020 has been tough for a lot of places, but Sports Grid, it's it seems like it's getting like the great year for it's us. <laughs> It's a, it's a fair point. Yeah. Like if you think about all of the, the different things that have happened to everybody and, and that's why we're so fortunate here to have such a great leadership team. Uh, the show just rolls on and rolls forward. And, and yeah, we're going to be doing, I mean, baseball talk. I mean, I'm going to get to do baseball talk. Are you kidding me? The entire season, like I did here on sports. That, I mean, that for me is, is just something I've never been able to do before. So uh, January the, war, the 7th. Craig Mish, Craig Mish, you won the war. Can you believe it? The, the war of talking uh, baseball for 24. Uh... Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Let's let's get there. When we get okay, there, then I'll say right. that we won the war. You know, right now we're, the we're war, lining right. up in the, in the uh, what was what was the one in the uh, Game of Thrones? The Battle of the the, the, the Bastards? What was it? The Battle <laughs> of the Bastards. That was, that was a good one. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully it'll all work out. Hopefully a horse Battle will kill you at some point. Yes, one, right? there's a lot of good battles, not so many battles, okay. but we'll see. We'll uh, see look, we're not we're here. here. It's not even a battle. I don't even know why I'm doing it. <laughs> and, and we should do that direction. There's no war. There's no war here. Please, nothing. Okay. Let's get to our headline here in the show. Back to sports. Nobody cares about that. We wasted four minutes of people's time. They want to hear fantasy. They want to hear wagering. And uh, the over-under on us appearing on SiriusXM is January the 7th. If you want to bet on that date, it's on the FanDuel Sportsbook. <laughs> 
All right. The Rams beat the Bucks last night. We never got a pick from Joe, so I don't know which way he was leaning. And in all likelihood, he was taking the Bucks. So the Rams win, and uh, and, they, and they look great. I mean, they look like a contender now. And I know that's kind of hard to believe, but what I mean, what team has played better in the NFL the last month and a half? I don't know of any. Maybe Kansas City. They're playing fantastic. Adam Thielen goes on the COVID-19 list. That's not really the big COVID story today. The big COVID story is the Ravens now have had several players test positive for COVID-19. They're supposed to play Thursday night. And so as we close in on that, I'm guessing a decision is going to have to be made tomorrow. The NFL has been very easy with the Sunday games. They've been very tough with the Thursday ones. They kind of wanted those games to get played, the national games. And so my guess is the game will go on, but I'm not willing to go that far yet. Hey, the Braves make the first free agent splash of the offseason. Drew Smiley last week, Charlie Morton this week, a one-year deal, $15 million. He will probably start the second game, I would guess, of the season for them, maybe the third. I don't think he'll get the opening day, but I, th- I think second or third starter for the Braves. He could pitch opening day if they wanted him to. DeMarcus Cousins, his career is winding down, but back in the NBA again, signing with the Houston Rockets. And I don't know which way the Rockets are going at this point. Heads or tails, can't make of it. Uh, where do you want to start here, Joe? Have at it. Oh. Charlie Morton, that's where I want to start because this is what I've been saying for two years. This is the kind of guy you need to bring in if you're the Braves. A guy you know you could take the ball in the playoffs. You know he's not going to fade in big spots. A veteran. Uh, now, look, he is a year older, and I know this was the end of his contract. And he was supposed to retire at the end of this past year. Maybe it was the bad taste in his mouth from the World Series. Maybe he just wanted to get one more full season in because COVID season was kind of crazy with the 60 games. For whatever reason, I don't care. Charlie Morton's back in baseball, and I think this is a huge, huge signing for the Atlanta Braves, and it's a huge swing in this division also. And yes, he's older. Yes, there's some risk. There's no doubt about that. But Charlie Morton did have some time missed with the injury last year. Hopefully this doesn't turn into another Cole Hamill signing for the Braves. But, Craig, this is what you need to do. You need to support Max Freed and Soroka and some of the young talent here that you have by having a true veteran presence at the top of the rotation. Whether he starts opening day, I don't care. It's whether or not he's starting game one of the playoffs. That's what matters the most. Yeah, Ian Anderson there, too. Their rotation is the best in in, uh, in that division now. I know that people are going to think that Max Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin are the three. I don't know. Give me the four of Atlanta that they have now take them over the three all right fantasy standouts from the monday night football game a, a bizarre performance again from the future hall of famer and tom brady what does it mean moving forward we'll take a guess we got plenty more to come here on fantasy sports today in addition to that we'll dive into some fantasy by the numbers a little bit later on we've got fantasy or reality as well closing in on the thanksgiving day holiday hope everyone out there as well craig and will be back on the grid after this don't go racing sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com exciting finish to a monday night football game and uh, certainly i would think one that could potentially deliver a home game in the nfc playoffs for sure especially if the bucks and rams end up tied at this point where in the end it was the los angeles rams who end up defeating the tampa bay buccaneers the bucks had a chance couple chances late in the game to either get a stop or deliver the game-winning drive but tom brady throws an interception toward the end of the game and before we get to the fantasy standouts here 
it's kind of a summary of the Buccaneer season. Like, I, I think they're either, Joe, I think they're Super Bowl bound or they're first round <laughs> playoff exit bound. They, I, mm. I don't know really what to make of them. And I know that you have previously talked and, and it, look, some of, I agree with you a little bit with not knowing who the Rams are a little bit, but they are pretty consistent. They like, are? you lately yes. know what you're going to get from them. Uh, and, and, and in a playoff game, I could see the Rams losing in the first round, and I could see them winning, but I see a close game. Like, with the Bucs, I really just am a little floored here. I'm not really sure what to expect from them. After the game that they had against the Saints, they annihilated Carolina, and Carolina played pretty good this past week. And then they come out against the Rams, and their defense now all of a sudden can't stop anybody. <laughs> They're giving up 30 receptions to two receivers on the outside and inside. I, I mean, I just... I don't the Bucks to me could play in Tampa in their home park in the Super Bowl, and they could also lose in the first round. I think that summarizes yeah. them for me. And they had a crowd there last night. They actually had people cheering for oh, them. Florida. You know, we let them all right. Of course, it's Florida. Anything goes. Everything goes. Take your shirt off. Come we on, in. what are you doing? No shirt, no shoes. Come on, we'll serve you all day. It's Florida. Um, look, here's the thing that I, I will say about this. You know, a couple of weeks ago when the Tampa Bay Bucks beat the Green Bay Packers, we were all very enamored of what the Packers were doing at that time. And they just took it to the Packers. Right. So I think we got an inflated sense of, my goodness, the Bucks are the best team in the NFC. Look at them going on all, you know, spectrums of playing defense, playing special teams, running the football. But that's been the thing when they run the football like they did two weeks ago. With Ronald Jones, despite the fumble, they went back to Ronald Jones. They ran the football. How did Brady look in that game? Very good. How did he look in the game of going against Green Bay Packers? Very good. You know what they did in that game, too? They ran the football. And, and I know I'm a broken record. I don't care. If you have watched Tom Brady play football the last three years, what you know for sure is you must run the football, set up some play action for him, keep some defenses honest. When you can drop all of those guys back in the coverage, he's going to throw picks. That's what he's done. There's been good Tom Brady and bad Tom Brady the last few years. He is not the same guy he was five, six years ago. It's just a fact. And if you get away from the run game just when you get down in points, and I know Bruce Arians is a very, uh, a very aggressive coach. He wants to throw the ball downfield. That is fair. That's what his identity is i get it he's very enamored of all the toys he's got but i don't care when you get down to it it's about winning and losing and you lose football games with tom brady when you do not run the football effectively efficiently and with volume you have to do all of those three things and when you do tom brady will look as good as anybody in the league he will look like an mvp if you don't he will look like he did last night craig yeah, I mean, that that could be it because, simply put, they uh, did not really run the ball all that much. And, and honestly, they – I mean, Leonard Fournette again last night. I mean, you no, it, it's been a mess for them. Uh, they what, And it's really surprising to me that they did spend a fairly early pick on Keyshawn Vaughn. They're not even letting him play, and it seems like he could be a guy out of the backfield. Like, they need a Burkhead or a White or, or someone like that. That's where Brady's – or Deion Lewis. That's where he's – or Vereen. I mean, do I have to keep going? Like, they always have that guy in that don't offense fall. for Brady. And they don't, they don't <laughs> I mean, they, there's another guy who I'm missing, Ridley. I don't know. They have had a million of those guys that could catch the ball in the backfield. They don't have anyone there. Uh, Jones can't catch Fournette. I, I know he had a lot of receptions last year, but it's not optimal for him to be catching 70 balls. He did it because of Minshew last year. So here are the fantasy standouts. Brady's game was not good. If you were looking for your 20 points from Brady last night to win, you thought, wow, I'm in good shape. And especially if you lose points for the picks. Wow, that really hurt, especially that last one. A lot of people may have lost their fantasy week on that last mm -hmm. interception. 
Jared Goff, 51 passes. They decided they weren't going to run the ball either. And, and if they found something with attacking Tampa Bay secondary, it is not going to be a good recipe for Tampa Bay going forward because they didn't care. I thought it was the what you were saying with Brady was the thing with Goff. They have to run the ball to win. I guess not. 376 passing yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. But really the big numbers were from Cup and Woods. 11 receptions for Cup, 10 in the first half. Let me say that again. 10 in the first half for Cooper Cup, 145 yards. Woods, 12 for 130 and a touchdown. Antonio Brown had the most catches, but the one good part about the game last night was those people who spent the uh, early draft on Godwin and Evans and you're playing for the playoffs. Okay, you can live with what you got last night. Godwin, seven in a touch. Evans, five in a touch. Getting you your 10, 15 fantasy points. At least you got that. But again, the running backs were non-existent. Not really trustable on both sides moving forward. And I know Jones had that one big game, Joe, but I don't know. Like, I don't think there is a running back on the Rams or the Buccaneers that you feel very comfortable starting in RB2. I don't even think as flex. But if you want to make the case as flex moving forward, I suppose you can say play Ronald Jones at flex. I don't know. I I didn't see anything out of that last night. No, I don't want to say it. Ronald Jones has had a couple hundred yard games it's not like he's not capable but you can't give him 10 carries it's not going to get the job done and you can't expect Leonard Fournette to get in rhythm with the offense which he basically is a ghost in the first half of the game and all of a sudden you expect him to catch him passes and be in the flow of the game he's not that kind of running back he's another guy that feeds off a of volume he's used to playing in Jacksonville where they used to touch the ball 25 30 times a game he's touching it four or five some days that is not going to get the job done and I want to give some credit to obviously to the Rams, because I think what they did so effectively in the first part of this game was they ran a ton of misdirection stuff. And the the front of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is very good. They are very good at stopping the run. So the Rams said, you know what? Let's not even worry about trying to compete with that. Let's just take advantage of their aggressiveness. And they did that. They were very aggressive and they took advantage of it by running a lot of misdirection. They were getting them going all left and then they would swing a pass over to Robert Woods on the right or Cooper Cup the other way. And that was something you saw them do in the first half. And I honestly think by the second half of that game, the Tampa Bay front had just run itself out of gas. And you could tell because that's when they really started to take over. Also, Cam Akers got his first touchdown. And yes, it took 11 weeks for Cam Akers to get a touchdown. And you mentioned Keyshawn Vaughn. There's a name I haven't even thought about since like September. It's the last time I even thought about Keyshawn Vaughn's good name. player in college. And when he they was. drafted him, He's when they drafted him before they signed Fournette, there was a thought that, remember, Jones was before Arians, right? Yes. So uh, Vaughn was with Arian. So you think, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe this is the direction that they're going to go because they took Vaughn and and they kind of went all in on this year with Gronk and Fournette and Antonio Brown and Tom Brady. And, and it makes sense. You're going to want to do what Tom Brady wants to do. It, it does make sense. But the more I've thought about it, the more I keep going back to the same thing. Tom Brady I mean, Deion Lewis, super, near Super Bowl MVP. Yes. James White, Super Bowl MVP. The, the, outside of Corey Dillon and maybe Michelle for you know a stretch, they've never they've never run the ball that much with one guy. But it's that run to set up those those guys out of the backfield right. who always are PPR monsters through the years. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's what will be moving forward for New England with James White with Burkhead being out. But the Bucs don't have that guy. They don't have that guy. Ronald Jones is never going to be a good pass catcher in the NFL. I, I don't see it. 
I, I just I agree with just you. Don't be shocked when Rex Burkhead gets signed next year by the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm I telling you right, he's a free agent. Do not be shocked when you see that signing drop and we all sit there and go, well, there it is. And, and, and I don't want to overrate Rex Burkhead's value, but it's just a fact of the matter. It, it's, it is just clear as day. I've seen Tom Brady come out. That, you know, Tom Brady has – there's two Tom Brady's too. And if you've been watching the Pats as long as I have, you see them. It's the guy who comes out, fist pumping, screaming and yelling at everybody, and you know there's no way Tom Brady is losing. And then there's quiet Tom Brady. And whenever you see quiet Tom Brady, you always got to be a little worried because there's something there that's off where he's very lethargic and he's sitting on the bench. He's not talking to anybody. And that was Tom Brady from almost the get-go. And I've seen enough of Tom to know when I see which one. And sometimes lethargic Tom Brady can still win football games, but not without the run game and no matter if you get down by seven or down by 14 you must go back to it in order to set up tom brady to be successful he will get there there's plenty of time for tom brady to be efficient and still get there but if you don't run the football and at least try with volume you are going to see that tom brady in the playoffs and you're going to be in a first round exit yeah well i'll tell you this buccaneers are getting four this week at home against the chiefs Feels like it's a Bucks this week. Bucks win the game outright. And it's, it's, so it's the nature of Brady, and and I think he'll show up for this week again. Put last week behind. Seems to be the the uh, trend in football this year. Fantasy by the numbers is next after the update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up a little bit later on the show, Josh Cohen is going to join us from PC Sports Cards. We'll talk about the sports card market, how the Joe Burrow injury could potentially affect his cards. I cannot imagine right now uh, sitting on a massive Joe Burrow investment and and hoping to uh, either sell those quickly or not in terms of sports. So, so basically, what do you do? Do you buy low on him? Do you, do you sell? It's, it's, it's a good conversation to have from an investment point of view. So we're focusing more on that this week. That's coming up in about a half hour from now. For now, let's take care of some fantasy by the numbers, Joe. And uh, we're going to talk a little coaching. We're going to talk a little tight end slash quarterbacking for the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> and through the, uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook has as the rookie of the year. You thought that minus 400 was interesting when we woke up here on Monday morning. Try minus 900 now yeah, for the rookie saw. of the year. In the in the NFL, so let's go ahead and get started with the coaching. Yeah, look, I, everyone talks about death taxes and Andy Reid after the bye. Well, you could chalk up another victory because this week the number is nineteen, and nineteen is the number of wins for Andy Reid in his last twenty-one years as a head coach. Twenty-two, excuse me. Now, uh, unbelievable. Nineteen and three. He's now after the bye, and that is just stunning. What you think about how good that is. And you give the guy extra time to prepare to. And I just I just feel like, you know, Andy Reid signed an extension a couple of weeks ago and nobody really talked about it. We we kind of mentioned it kind of glossing over here. And I'm just so happy for Andy Reid. I'm happy for Kansas City right now because I lived in Philadelphia for a, a good chunk, at least while Andy Reid was head coach there. And uh, they were tough on him. And I just think they didn't really appreciate how good they had it with Andy Reid. And I know they won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, finally, with Doug Peterson as coach, ironically. But Andy Reid and what he's done here with the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and not just the Mahomes Chiefs. Let's not forget, they were pretty good with Alex Smith, too, a couple of years before that. And they've just really grown exponentially here with Patrick Mahomes. And they look like, yet again to me, 
I feel like the defending Super Bowl champs are the team to beat. As good as Pittsburgh's played, I know they haven't lost a football game. I'm still putting the Chiefs on that. You got to knock off the top team. And I look at the NFC, and I don't see the team out there that can do it. I really don't. Not right now. I mean, maybe in these next few weeks, a team gets hot. We start to say, okay, maybe that's the team. I think the Steelers have the best shot in the AFC to do it. But right now, you can even maybe argue that Las Vegas Raiders give them all the, the – I mean, if you talk about those two they teams meeting up in the playoffs, all bets are off. They seem to have their number, like the way New Orleans has Tampa's number for some reason this year. It's just the way it is. But Andy Reid has a, just a glorious career. He's now sixth all-time in terms of wins. And I just think we should pause a little bit and give a little bit more respect. We talk about Belichick. We talk about Sean Payton. We talk about Harbaugh. We talk about Mike Tomlin. Let's talk about Andy Reid, one of the great coaches in NFL history, and I think a lock hall of famer now that he finally has a Super Bowl ring, and I think he might get a second one this year. He could, for sure. By the way, uh, didn't cover this past week, so 19-3. and three, I know. That's all that matters. Ball ball That's all that matters. With the wins. And, you know, I want to know the cover record here, and 18-4 and, and four at the very least. I don't know the rest of it there. So, All right. <laughs> we, we could really spend two hours on this. I'm, I, I really am so disturbed with this whole uh, Taysom Hill story here. Not, not the fact that the Saints are using him. Not the fact that they made him quarterback, because to me, that was pretty transparent. I, I, I thought that would happen, but... The idea that he was eligible for one week at tight end for somebody to play at quarterback, and now ESPN's providers have pulled that, I, I just don't know where the thinking is on this one. Really disturbing for me. Uh, let's take a look at uh, fantasy by the numbers for him. His fantasy points on Sunday, the highest for a Saints quarterback in 2020. That shouldn't come as a surprise. The guy runs the ball. So even mm-hmm. if he doesn't play particularly well, he's going to run in touchdowns from the two-yard line. We've seen this before. And Vince Young got a lot of fantasy points, too. He wasn't a great quarterback, but anytime they were near the goal line, he got the ball and he ran it in. Um, you know, Cam Newton's not having a fantastic year, but every time they're near the goal line, he runs the ball in. It makes sense. But but to me, Joe, I am still – I cannot believe that this is the way that went down, where for one week everyone was able to get him a tight end and then they just eliminated it. I, I, I mean, if you were hey. the provider, what would you have done? Would you have done this? Uh, I think they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. No, what I think I would have done personally is the provider. I would have made sure that he was a quarterback going into the season. Because when you look at how the, the Saints are set up, well, when's the last time you saw Taysom Hill catch a pass as a tight end? I mean, it's just, it's kind of ludicrous. And I understand like maybe a couple of years ago when he started getting integrated, you kind of saw him play that role by the goal line, but that's not what it's evolved into. It's evolved into him being that quarterback and FanDuel's made an adjustment too. Uh, which, you know, you mentioned ESPN making that adjustment, but uh, that adjustment, but FanDuel has also done such this week. Now he's just a quarterback. You can't play him at tight end. And he was 70% owned. And, and we talked about what's the low end, what's the bust out Taysom Hill stinks game. And then Winston comes in the second half. We said, that's still probably 15 points, you know, and he got 24. <laughs> okay. So just from perspective, that's why he was a must play. That's why I said base, best Taysom Hill lineup was going to win the million dollar contest. And it did. It, you had to have him just to even cash pretty much. And he was 70% owned in the million dollar contest. So look, I think going forward, finally, you made the right decision. And then look from a fantasy perspective, him controlling the football for four quarters, is fantasy gold and going into next year it's something to really consider if breeze is not the guy if he decides to step away well what does that mean in fantasy terms it's a really interesting guy because you're netting another guy like a josh allen like a kyler murray who controls his own fantasy points and that's very intriguing that's a big number 24. yeah also i want to double down on this Uh, first of all from my perspective and again we do have a partnership here with fanduel I don't love the fact that he was he was able to play tight end on FanDuel last week as well, but I will say this. On FanDuel, everybody could have him. 
It's a big difference. Right. As, as opposed to playing in a season one Like you had the choice on mm-hmm. FanDuel to either roster him as your tight end or not. They could put Taysom Hill as a kicker, and everybody could use him as a kicker or defense on FanDuel. Even though I don't love that, I mean, you have a choice. I mean, you, you, well, everyone Fantax can have him. had him as a QB. I played against him. Uh, the undefeated team had him this week that I played against, and I was unable to slay the beast. I lost by about eight points. But, yes, Fantrax actually had him as a QB. Uh, ESPN did not, which is a bigger site, Yahoo, uh, FanDuel. So, I, I mean, it was really kind of odd that yeah, some sites had him as one and not the other. Like, regardless, I mean, maybe uh, maybe sure. in our industry, in the way we talk, other there are others that we like. But oh, realistically no, but speaking, right. the four letters of ESPN is is what most people are going to play on because they gravitate mm-hmm. to that. And right. and I just think that they dropped the ball completely here. And, and and look, a part of me, I was thinking this through the other day, was to only have him qualify as a flex, which I think would be a fantastic idea, except for a lot of leagues don't play with a flex. So, okay, now what do you do? You can't play him at all. But I, I, I just – I don't recall ever – playing on any fantasy format where they've taken eligibility away from any player during the season. I don't ever, this is the I'm first time I've ever remember Cordell Stewart is the only Cordell Stewart. They took eligibility away from him. I don't know if they took it away from him, but I'm just trying to think of the only other guy that I can think of in that, in that mode that would even have the dual eligibility in spots. Like I'm trying, it's, it's tough to think of a guy, especially quarterback being one of them. Like that that's what makes it so interesting is because quarterback is the guy that starts think, with his name in the ball. I think they they if they made if they made the mistake by having him at the beginning of the season, I think that they have to to keep him at tight end. I don't think it's fair. It's one week and then he's gone from that because of an oversight by at the, by the provider at the beginning of the season. It's just bizarre to me. Now in 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 baseball, because that's the easiest one to go to here for me, because I know the most about it, is you have to qualify based on a certain amount of games played to play that position. Right. But but if if all of a sudden, uh, you know, a player wasn't playing second base anymore and they became a catcher, that you wouldn't lose the eligibility of being able to play him at second base. Yeah, so but it's why a different is this game? Because different? you have so many baseball games to qualify, and how many games before a player can qualify at a position in the NFL before he's he's not useful to you anymore because you're out of the playoff hunt? I mean, that's that's what's tricky. You have you know seven right, games okay, a week so for I'll baseball. Give you yeah, one. I'll give you an example. So so Albert Pujols is playing first base for the St. Louis Cardinals, right? Right. And then or uh, the Angels. Let's use the Angels. And then all of a sudden he uh, he can't throw anymore. He's out for the year mm-hmm. throwing, but he could still play DH the rest of the year. Can you play Albert Pujols at first base the rest of the baseball season? Yeah, of course, because of baseball. Yeah, because of baseball rules. Sure, because of baseball. That's not the answer. The it should be well, it should be for every sport. It, it's it, it's it something should be like that for football. One... You can't take eligibility away. It's not right. If you're going to give it to him, you got to allow it there. What if somebody drafted Taysom Hill to be their tight end all season long? And now you're taking that eligibility away. Well, how is that fair? You're not wrong. I can't argue against it. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm asking you. Like, I just, I don't think it's right. I don't think they handled it properly. I think that they messed up. You got to allow it to roll out the rest of the year. I took Taysom Hill at the beginning of the year because you had him eligible as a tight end. Now you're going to tell me you're not going to have him eligible anymore as a tight end? What if I'm playing in an 18-team uh, league? Well, I, I think here's the argument. The argument is the one-off. He wasn't drafted. Let's be honest. Taysom Hill wasn't drafted. You didn't draft him. You maybe you picked him up at some point to speculate a desperate. What if I, he was. He, what if 
he was single digit percent owned going into Drew Brees getting hurt. So I mean, you, you can't say that it was it was something that was massive. In what, what if I'm well, playing in a seventy-two? It's just living in the real world. He wasn't a guy that you drafted as an edge. So that argument really doesn't hold water. Is he a guy you picked up for an edge? Speculatively, yes. But when you're only 10% owned, I mean, come on, 90% of the leagues, the guy's just a, a roaming free agent. So ESPN had the opportunity over weeks to change this in fear of, and last year a Drew Brees injury actually did occur. And if you knew that was going to happen, you had to kind of be more proactive here to at least give him the dual eligibility there at the very least. Why he was a, uh, going into this year in the first place, I thought was madness. Listen, they could add him a quarterback and keep him eligible at quarterback and tight end. But what what if what if uh, this this guy from Carolina that was the quarterback this past week? What if Bridgewater comes back and they say we love this guy, we're going to play him at running back the rest of the way? Then what? Can I, I play him at quarterback? No, no more because he's not quarterback anymore and he's running back. I, I'll tell you what, that guy looks like a great runner. I'd love to have him at running back. I mean, I think everyone I, should be I, able I, to accept you. As we go, is that is that basically the way that it works? Okay, I mean, fine. If they, if that's the way that it works, I'll find somewhere else to play in fantasy because I want as little as possible, and I want skill. And skill tells me if I had enough foresight, which I didn't. Ninety-five percent of the country <laughs> did not have enough foresight. Five percent of the country had enough foresight to have Taysom Hill as their tight end, and because of that foresight, they ended up getting screwed by removing him tight end. Good job. Right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's time for a Hot Take Tuesday as we go into some specific topics in fantasy football and have a feeling we're going back to the one we just had here in a minute, so I don't know that we'll get through them all here. But let's try. Maybe we should skip the second one for last, or else we're, we're probably not going to. But uh, let's start off with our our first statement of the day. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. Who cares? All right, the first one is the 2020 wide receiver draft is already the greatest ever. Is that a hot take, Joe? I don't know. All I know is that Holiday Craig Mish is becoming my favorite Craig Mish. There's something about Holiday Craig Mish that gives zero AS. Is it two Eastern yet? I'm Craig. not sure. I'm checking the time. Is it, it what? Say two. Uh, it's not two no, o'clock Eastern no. yet. No, I don't know. But you know, but it's it's like it's like the you know you know when your kids stay up too late and they get really punchy and whatever it is. This is kind of it. Like you're you're past it. Like that's it. Like <laughs> it's Holiday Craig Mish. That's where we're at. Um, I'm gonna tell you what. I went back and I was looking a little bit at, uh, you know, some of the other wide receiver classes. I don't think it's too early to say that, at least from a potential standpoint. I don't think it's a hot take, man. I don't ever – look, we can even go back to that class a couple years ago that had Odell Beckham and Kelvin Benjamin, who had a good rookie season, a couple other guys that looked pretty good at least to start. It didn't carry over. Now, we hope more of these guys carry over. But the good news is there's so many more of them – that even if maybe one or two didn't hit right away, maybe they end up, maybe Ruggs, maybe Rager, maybe those guys do have good careers. It is fascinating to sit here and think about that Claypool, that Jefferson, um, that C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, we can go on and on and keep naming and listing these names, but they have already made significant impacts in fantasy, significant impacts on their team, and not to mention, this is just the rookie season. And, And without preparation, 
So they have the same preparation time that the rookie running backs had, and they've been an unmitigated disaster for the most part. And yet here we are with the wide receivers, the polar opposite. And I don't know if it has more to do with lack of preparation for the running backs or maybe just the evolution of the game. And I think the game is evolving. I made a statement yesterday, and it's going to be on Sports Grid Radio. We did a little special there going forward for 2021, looking ahead, that I think next year you are absolutely out of your mind at your flex position if you're not starting a wide receiver. Stop starting these low-end running backs. Be aggressive at wide receiver. And if it doesn't mean, look, if you love the wide receiver pool so much going forward into next year, maybe you then don't overpay for the very top. Maybe you don't go for Devontae Adams or Julio or Michael Thomas. But I'll tell you what, you're crazy if you don't buy in bulk with these guys because they are productive. T. Higgins, another guy. We didn't even mention him. Like Every time you talk about it, you go, oh, wait, oh, wait, there's another one. And I think that is the strong suit right here is the volume and the immediate impact. And that is a combination I don't think we have ever seen. And I know next year's wide receiver class is going to be pretty good as well coming out of college. But I think this might be the best ever when all said and done. I don't think this is a hot take. Uh, Van Jefferson was very good at Florida too. He scored a touchdown last another night. Guy. Just another name, mm-hmm. another name that out there. Uh, I, I think that what you said is is more of my answer than it is than it is in terms of the talent. I, I think you said it with the evolution of the way the game is headed. We've seen more scoring this year than ever before. Uh, I, I would I would say that it's the greatest ever in terms of scoring. I can't say it's the most talented ever, just because the game has changed so much. So I, I don't know that I can stack this class up against potentially some others. I'd have to go back and take a look at Jerry Rice's class and Tim Brown's class and James Lofton's class and Randy Boss's class and all of those mm-hmm. guys who are Hall of Famers too. But just from the outset, it appears that great, meaning fantasy great, absolutely talent. I'm not sure just because teams used to run the ball so much and now they don't. And it requires basically 30 points to win an NFL game, unless it's the Browns. It requires 30 points to win an NFL game almost every single week. So uh, I would say it's a little bit of a hot take in terms of of talent, but in terms of great, yes, I would agree there. Okay, back to Taysom Hill we go. The Saints are more dangerous with Taysom Hill at quarterback. (laughs) And this is our second statement of the day. I'll start off with this. Uh, in, In terms of dangerous... I don't, I don't know what, where we're going with this here. I, I would say that Drew Brees still gives the Saints the best chance to win, so I would say that this is a hot take. I, w- I would say that Brees is toward the end of his career. If this is his last year, it would not surprise me. I also watched this game very carefully. It took a while for Hill to kind of get in sync with some of the receivers. <clears throat> there is no question that he could play quarterback in the NFL. I don't mm-hmm. know what will happen if he goes up against a Steelers or if he goes up against a really good defense. I think that there will be some teams that will be able to game plan against him. I think the Saints have a better shot to get and win a Super Bowl with Breeze in terms of dangerous as far as the things that he can do on the field. There's no doubt he is there along the lines of Lamar Jackson, along the lines of some other great running quarterbacks, Randall Cunningham, Steve Young. But I would say that this is a hot take. If I'm trying to get to the, the championship, I want Breeze at quarterback and not Hill. I agree. Uh, I'm not ready to jettison the uh, top five quarterback of all time, Drew Brees. I'm just not ready to do it. And I understand he's older and I understand he's not what he was. I think people are getting caught up in the fantasy output and forget, look, he was also against the Falcons, okay, a team defensively this year that we've all been targeting any quarterback against the Falcons. They've been giving up points all year, all last couple years. However, I think you also want to stop and think about a little bit where things are going this week, because guess where Taysom Hill's going this week, Craig Mish? He's going to our favorite place in Denver. 
Now, if he goes in there and lights up and he looks great in Denver in the mile high air and all of a sudden he's rolling, this sentiment will start to grow that, wait, maybe the Saints are more dangerous in the playoffs even with Taysom Hill. Maybe they, maybe this is the secret sauce to them finally getting over that hump, being a little bit more athletic at the quarterback position. Maybe. I don't think it is. And I can tell you right now, this hot take will disappear if he goes and he lays an absolute egg in Denver this week. You and I both know that. And of all the places to go and do it, Denver's one of those places more often than not, that's where it happens. It, it does. But Denver also, you know, the, what happens with Denver too is that they shock a team like they did with Miami. And then the other team goes in next week with that bulletin board. Like, hey, remember, look what happened <laughs> last week. I, I'm not as, I, I like to take Denver when they when you least expect it. And so this week, I think everyone knows <laughs> what's at stake. The interesting thing will be to come back next week on Hot Take Tuesday if Taysom Hill does roll over Denver to say that. Mm -hmm. We should continue to start even when Breeze comes back. Maybe we'll talk ah, about that. Next oh, week. that's a hot take. I'm sure we'll be there. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are the most underrated team in the AFC. Is this a hot take or not? Of course, this is a hot take. The Colts are still not good. Please. Like, look how they won that game against Green Bay this past week. The Colts' record is fair. They're a nine win team, maybe a 10 win team. I think this week, Tennessee's in a great spot up against them getting points for sure. I still am not a fan of the quarterback. Look, if the Colts give up 20, 25 points in an NFL game, they're not going to win. They need to play great on defense. It was a bizarre comeback. Uh, Green Bay's two losses that I've seen, one against Tampa Bay and the other one this past week against the Colts were fluky. Just some bad interceptions at the beginning of the game, bad turnovers. The kick returner gave it up. Valdez Scantling gave it up. That's the only reason why the Colts won this game this past week. Do not get suckered into the Indianapolis Colts. They are not going far. They are not <laughs> underrated. Hot take for me. Yeah, I mean, look, Naeem Hines leading the league, uh, leading the team, excuse me, in receptions. Uh, it's it's good that Jonathan Taylor started to run the ball again last week, but we don't know what that run game is. I know they got some good matchups on paper coming up there, uh, but at the same time, I think the most underrated team in the AFC is probably the Las Vegas Raiders because they're the probably. ones that have hung with the Kansas City Chiefs, including beating them in their own building. So to me, if you're going to talk about a team that's underrated that I think even despite all that, people still aren't buying into, they still keep making Nelson Aguilar jokes on Twitter. They still keep doing all this stuff and they say, well, Josh Jacobs is good, not great, or all these things they want to talk about. Oh, it's old Derek Carr, Derek Carr, old Derek Carr show up again. I'll tell you what, man, I think the Raiders are hearing all that. And I think every week they're coming out and they're competing. And I think from a competitive standpoint, I think they're the most underrated team in the AFC, not the Colts. All right, well, speaking of the Raiders, let's move on and talk about them with facing off against the Kansas City Chiefs. They've given them a battle a couple different times. Hot Take Tuesday, the Raiders are the biggest threat to the Chiefs, mm. repeating. I'll you know you what? This is, a, this is a tricky one, I think. You know, because the, the Raiders have taken them to the limit this last time again. And I don't know if that third time is going to really work out for them. Uh, usually, you know, as more you play a team, there's different stats that'll tell you different things, good or bad about it. But I still think that Pittsburgh is that team that could, and it's because of the defense they play. I think, you know, when you get into the playoffs and you get into tighter games, you know, the defenses that can make a play like that, you know, the, the kind of pass rush that Dupree and Watt and those kind of guys can put on somebody. To me, that is the big difference maker. That's the thing that I think is most threatening to the reign of the Kansas City Chiefs or them going back to the Super Bowl. So as much as it's a good story and the Raiders are underrated and they deserve a lot more credit than they think they're even getting still, I still think Pittsburgh is the one team that really stands in their way because I don't think on the big stage in the playoffs, Mahomes will fail against the Raiders. But 
anybody could fail against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the Steelers have gone out there and they've beaten some good teams this year too. And, you know, look, uh, Pittsburgh still doesn't run the football real well, but I'll put my money on that defense as being the one thing that could stop the Chiefs from going back. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a hot take. Maybe warm. I don't, I don't think it's a hot take. Mm-hmm. The Raiders have played very well against almost every team in the NFL this season. So why not the Chiefs too? I, I still have a little bit of concern that at some point they're going to be the Raiders of last year where they struggled down the stretch. But I, I thought the Monday night game was, or the Sunday night game, excuse me, was pretty telling how they hung in throughout. They actually covered in that game too, getting the points that they were too. So uh, I, I think that they could be the Chiefs' biggest threat. I think it's a possibility. It's not It's not something that I, I agree with you in terms of Pittsburgh, and I, and I still think that there's a chance Baltimore could get themselves fixed too. I'm not going to rule them out either, but there's a chance of this. There, there's a chance. It's not that hot. Maybe sure. warm. Okay, Thursday, Thanksgiving Day games. I cannot wait for these amazing games to be played, especially if they cancel the Ravens Steelers. Oh, wow. Cowboys Washington football team. What a great showdown this is. I can't wait. Uh, if the Cowboys win Thursday, they will win the NFC East. I'll take the lead on this one here. No way. This is not going to be determined on Thursday. This is not going to be determined next Thursday or the Thursday after that or even the Thursday after that. Let me tell you exactly what's going down here. The Dallas Cowboys <laughs> are playing on Sunday night football, the last game of the season, with a chance to win and they're in. And if they lose, they are out. I don't know who it's going to be against. Oh, I mean, I guess you could take a look at the schedule and see. The Cowboys will have a chance to make it by winning their last game of the season. It'll be the highest rated game of the season, and it will be on NBC on Sunday night football. That's all you need to know right now because this is exactly what the NFL wants. A mediocre Dallas is still better than a very good Carolina or Jacksonville. People love the Cowboys. They love talking about the Cowboys. Here we are talking about the Cowboys here on Tuesday. This is an absolute hot take. It's going down to the last game of the season for me. Well, if, and again, I think the key word here is if, if they do win, that certainly makes Washington pretty much, you know, a sidebar. And I, and I think that is something I, that I think not, Washington, not, and Washington, that's, so that's, that's question, one no, less. That's not no, it's not. It's not. It's if they win. So if they win, Washington becomes a sidebar. The Eagles haven't been very good. You know me. I still think the Giants would all of a sudden going to figure this out. So I'm going to say it's a hot take because I don't think this is the automatic. And I don't think it's automatic that they beat Washington. I mean, they lost last year on Thanksgiving and everybody was shocked. Would it shock you if they lost this Thanksgiving? Alex Smith showing up there on a big national game, bringing in Antonio Gibson, who has been red hot the last three weeks bringing in J.D. McKissick, who's been very good in all those check down Charlie moments. Logan Thomas has caught some balls. Terry McLaurin, the the most receiving yards by a guy, any player in the history of the NFL for his first 24 games. Don't look past the Washington football team because I'm telling you right now, I think this game is actually going to be more entertaining than other people do. Everyone's joking about it. I think this is the game to watch. This, my friend, is a playoff game to a certain extent. It's not the game to watch. Will you stop it? This is the game to watch. This is the one. The Washington game. down. This is the game to watch. Dallas yeah, Washington. this is the game to watch. Well, because oh, Pittsburgh's going to blow out. Nobody's going to be left Detroit. for the Ravens. You're really stepping out there, Joe, on the Houston-Detroit. And then the Utah State night game where both teams are combined 0-8. Yeah, that's I mean, you're, you're that's a hot game, too. So there's good oh, college look. basketball. A tournament look. in Fort Myers going. Sorry. On. Check that out. You, Gonzaga's I, I'll enjoy that. I'll tell you this. Do you think do you think that Pittsburgh Baltimore is going to be more competitive under the circumstances than the Washington Dallas game? Yes. Under the circumstances.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Time for that part of the show where we throw out some trivia questions. And like Saturday Night Live on Jeopardy, I fail miserably, but try to do my best and, and answer them correctly. So let's turn it over to Joe for the question, and then I'll get the answer wrong, and we can all laugh. <laughs> the category is S-words, not swords, please. All right, let's uh, move on here. We're talking uh, – well, we were supposed to actually – this was a transition from something earlier, and then Craig got caught up on Taysom Hill, and that was the end of the show. Then two hours later, it was the end. But Taysom there was Hill actually all next hour. That, no, next hour. Hour two, Taysom Hill hour right here on FSD. But Keenan Allen is on pace to have almost 180 targets this year, and that seems like a lot, but it is not the most ever. So the question is, which wide receiver has the most targets in a single season? Is it A, Marvin Harrison, B, Calvin Johnson, or C, Julio Jones, all guys who have had, by the way, over 200 targets in a season. Oh, man, I'm not going to get this Don't right. Go with the gut. Uh, Use the force. Come on, you can do it. I'm going to say Marvin Harrison. You are correct. It's a holiday miracle. Craig Mish has done it. Ladies and gentlemen, what has he won? Another hour to talk about Taysom Hill. Well done, Craig Mish. You've earned that wow, hour. So that one right. goes in the bank. You got it right. Wow. What was it? What was the inner voice telling you that it was Marvin Harrison? Why was that? Uh, it was telling me it was not Calvin Johnson. That was the start of it because well, they, they always they, they never two. used Calvin Johnson enough, in my opinion. So I, well, I would guess say what? Guess what? Two hundred and five targets in a season for Marvin Harrison. Calvin wow. Johnson, two hundred and three. Like I said, they used Calvin Johnson so much. They used overused Calvin. (laughs) They used him way too much. That's why he's retired. They used him too much. See, just like I flip it, just like that. I can do two two different shows. One I can agree and disagree with myself and go back and forth and fight with myself. That's right. I told you Calvin Johnson got used too much. They didn't use him enough. That's the way. (laughs) Anyway, got one right. All right, finally. So I'm very proud it? of you. It's a holiday miracle. Well, well, that's it. But I just want to stop and pause and just recognize also how you know, Keenan Allen's on pace for also 130 catches this year. And I think that's going to put him right back into that wide receiver one early second round conversation. Something to keep a, keep a notice of as the season goes on here. Keenan Allen's going to have like two catches this week. But after the big games, go back and check what he did after. Okay. No. Headlines are next. 